Hi, Bobby here. You know, the geek guru. The guy that Chelsea Capri hates. Yeah, well, I'm just sitting here and I'm taking a poo. <laughs> and I decided to write a review on my favorite podcast, We The GamerCast, with Sean Capri. You know, you should listen in as well. I think you should probably write your own review while you're taking a poo. I think Sean would like that. and welcome to episode 26 of a brand new rebooted We The Gamer cast. It's hosted by WeTheNerdy.com and it publishes on iTunes every Monday. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for coming back. I know you are here last week with Steve Tilly. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks for rating, keeping it going and sharing and growing and moving. We're into a little bit of a groove here, you guys. This has been, this is episode 26. We've been doing this for a little while now. Feeling good, feeling great. Hopefully you're having a great Monday, if you're listening to this on Monday. If not, hopefully you're having a good day that ends in day. I I have to be totally open and honest with you guys. I just I just put down a game called Severed. Uh, I just beat it. I can't say much more than that. Uh, but I, well, let's say I'm just going to record this. I'm going to do a quick edit on the podcast. I'm going to go, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go play a little bit more Severed, even though I've got a whole bunch of stuff still on the go, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But maybe this is your first show, and you're like, what is going on here? Let you know. Every week, I sit down and have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet, and we talk about video games. We get to know each other. This week is no different. And if you want to be part of the show, you should tweet at me, at Sean Capri. Of course, it's Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. And come on the show. Be great to talk to you. Yes? You, I, unless I've had you on, we might have to, we're going to have to figure out something to have some of our old guests back on. Maybe something is already in the works. Maybe. Ah, it's late, you guys. Now, normally I do this a little earlier. It's a little late in the day. It's dark and chilly. And I actually just can't wait to go back and play some more Severed. I think I can say that. I think I can say I'm going to go back and play it. I, you know what? I'm like maybe a day early on the embargo for that. So my review will go up on Tuesday on WeTheNerdy.com. And I hope you guys go to read it if you're at all interested. Even if you don't have a Vita. I'd love it if you went to read the review. Let me know what you think. Um, last week, for those of you who were here last week, you know I had Steve Tilly from EP Daily and Reviews on the Run and the Toronto Sun. Kind of a big deal. I think I would have to look and one of you guys might correct me but he might be my first guest who gets paid to do this so that's pretty awesome he was very gracious with his time i'm so grateful that that actually happened and he uh him and chelsea actually stuck on the call for a little bit to nerd out about fallout and then they've just been kind of going back and forth on twitter so that is hilarious i just love seeing that that's really what the show is all about i mean it just so happens that it was my wife and steve tilly talking about fallout but whatever it's it's awesome i love it so, yeah, that was last week, and ever since then, it's been it's been a really good week 
for me and for just sort of we the nerdy, we've been putting out a ton of stuff and getting the whole crew back and energized. I think everybody's really excited to be pushing out more content, which is great. But for me personally, um, we launched a new podcast. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have time for We The Gamer Cast. <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm doing three weekly podcasts. So let's go through them. So there's this one. You guys already know, of course. Thank you for listening. Uh, new podcast we launched. It's called Nerdflix and Chill, <laughs> which I can't take credit for the name. That goes to my co-host, Gary Taru who I've known for, I don't know, 15 years, probably since since high school. So that's a long freaking time ago. And maybe even before high school, I think. We actually knew each other before that. Anyway, um, ever since I even knew what podcasts were, I figured Gary should have one. <laughs> and um, it's really taken up until now to kind of allow that to happen. So I'm happy to have Gary talking about movies. And if nothing else, even if nobody is listening, it's pretty sweet to be able to just Make sure that him and I are going to sit down, we're going to watch a movie, and we're going to talk about it. So, Nerdflix and Chill, every week. Right now, it's on YouTube, guys. Go to the We The Nerdy channel on, on YouTube. Subscribe there. You'll get all the notifications whenever we post a new a new show up there. We're just waiting on iTunes to let us in. <laughs> uh, after that, we'll be on iTunes just like this one, and we'll have a video version of uh, Nerdflix and Chill each week. So you can see our pretty faces talking about stuff that we, well, I think we know a little bit about what we're talking about, but I, <laughs> somebody called me out. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this one too much more. Go over there, guys. Check it out and let us know what you think. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel and hopefully we'll have more stuff coming your way over there. And uh thing about the movie podcast is that with this one, you know, you and I, we love video games. We obsess about it. We think about it all the time. Um. It's sort of in our, in our group, right? It's sort of, it's sort of enclosed the fact that we all love video games. Movies is a little bit more open. So when we launched the, the, the movie podcast, more, I, I think we got some pretty good attention. I mean, for something that kind of came out of nowhere, I was pretty, pretty happy with the number of people who checked it out. And, and within moments of us posting it, we were receiving pictures of everybody watching it on their TV. It was awesome to see. Um, so normally with this video game, when I can kind of like keep within our group, you know what I mean? Like we can just be video game nerds. And for the most part, people in my, you know, in my direct life, other than my wife, uh, nobody really seemed to notice, <laughs> which is neat. Cause I can kind of do this kind of underground, but yet all of you listen to it, which is awesome. But with the movie podcast, I, that was, this was the first time I actually had to talk about my podcasting in person. And I have to admit, I was a little... I was a little shy about it. <laughs> I didn't have like an elevator pitch really ready for it, or I didn't really know how to describe it in a in a good. I was just kind of like, well, we just we just talk about movies, I guess. It was weird. It was like I I'm excited about it, of course. That's why I'm doing it. But it's one of those weird things that uh, you know, when when it's on the internet, you never know. And everybody has maybe their own perception of what a movie podcast should be. But so far, so good. I'm really. I mean, that's kind of just the whole part part of the gig you kind of got to get over that and hopefully people will like what you put out there and so far people have been coming back to us with really positive feedback i'm really proud of it and gary knocked out of the park and i can't wait to do more so if you're interested in this show that one's a little different but again it's a little different from your other movie podcasts. anyways that's that what else it is beta season still 
And I put about 45 seconds into Mirror's Edge, and that was, I think, all I need to see. It looks great. It controls exactly the same. I didn't really get into any more detail than that. Like, it, I'm being quite literal here, 45 seconds. I've got it on the pre-order, so I can't. I just can't wait to play the whole thing. I don't really need... Uh, you guys have heard me talk about betas before. They work in a weird way on me. They, they sort of um, put a bit of a hex on games. So I'm not putting a whole lot of faith into... Oh, Faith! I can't believe I even did that! If you guys know Mirror's Edge, lead character, main character, Faith. Oh, man, that's bad. Oh, what else? I bought a Star Fox kind of on a whim, sort of as a, let's see if this is as weird as everybody is saying it is, and um, I haven't had a chance to crack it open yet, but hopefully, maybe tonight, maybe I'll go play some Star Fox, and then while I'm laying in bed, I can, I can play some Severed. I don't think that I can play Star Fox, even though it's got the, the, the gamepad. I don't think that that would be a good idea to play that one and then just waving the gamepad around. Probably not. Uh, what else? Okay, so I'm going to try and see if I can smash through Star Fox and maybe get a review up. I'm not sure if anybody else on We The Nerdy is going to be doing that. So I know some of these are coming a little bit late. Another review that's coming late um, is Ratchet & Clank, but that's sort of just part of the whole gig when when you don't get a review code ahead of time. So with Severed, I'll have a review right when the embargo lifts. But when, um, when you have to buy the game, you're on a different time schedule, but still a bit of a crunch. So I want to get this up while it's somewhat relevant and at least have that as part of the archive on WeTheNerdy.com. We want to make sure that we're getting reviews up as much as we're getting original content like this stuff. Oh, what? What else? I don't I don't know if you guys... You guys should let me know what you're playing. I feel like I'm always telling you what, what I'm playing. Like, I want to know what you're playing right as you're listening to this podcast if you do that sort of thing. If you listen to a podcast and play a game or you got a couple things on the go, let me know again. Tweet at me, Sean Capri, Sean like Henry Capri like the pants. Let me know what you're playing, because when I'm on the bus, I'm playing Bravely Second on my 3DS. This is such a... Last time we talked, I was worried about the characters. Um, I'm not sure what to say without spoiling anything, but I'm really enjoying my time with Bravely Second. It is kind of... It's getting a little... It's a little weird. It's it's not quite as straightforward, I think, as, as Bravely Default was, but I'm really enjoying my time with it. I'm only a couple hours into it. But this is something that I could see myself playing. This is my portable game for the next little while. Because um, I don't think... Severed is a game where it's a lot of swiping. Like, frantically swiping. I don't think I want to do that on the bus. <laughs> so I, I can calmly play some Bravely Second. And what else? I think that's enough. Let's get right into it. Let's talk to Justin Masson. My guest this week has an amazing podcast called Nintendo Dads and I'm not a not a father myself. I've got three dogs and I love Nintendo. I'm right around these guys in terms of uh age and it's an Alberta only podcast. Look at this, two weeks in a row we've got Canada representing. This is unbelievable unbelievable. I love talking to this guy, Justin Mass, and you can hear him on the intro of another show that I'm a lucky to be part of. It's called If We Ran Nintendo. It's with Bobby the Nintendo Guru from episode sixteen. Justin is such a great guy. I had an amazing time talking to him. I hope you're going to have a good time listening to this chat. Here he is, Justin Masson. No, this was uh, Game Theory just today or yesterday put out a uh, the truth behind Nintendo's Amiibo shortage. Oh, I saw, I saw that link going around. I didn't have the chance today to go check it out i had pretty uh 
pretty good Sunday anyways with family, but I definitely wanted nice. to kind of like sneak away and go, what, so what's this, what's happening? Like, well, is there actually a conspiracy? <laughs> well, he's got a conspiracy theory for it. And what did it, well, I'm only about three minutes into a 17 minute video. Good Lord. <laughs> but the, the idea being there that Nintendo actually created a uh, perceived shortage, essentially, sure. right? Uh, to increase stock and demand. Um, but I haven't got too much further into it, which I mean, isn't, wouldn't actually be out of characteristic actually for Nintendo. Um, we saw it during the Wii days and actually, um, the NES actually had it back when it was launched as well. Yeah. A scarce shortage. So it's not, but he does mention that like the European nations were like well stocked and a lot of the scalpers were actually European scalpers on eBay, um, because it was so easy to purchase. So. That's got to be the darkest part about Amiibo, I think, in general, is just the scalper aspect and the, how quickly they latched on to that whole idea yeah. of, you know, I, I don't even, I, I had my, the very first Amiibo that I bought was a Wii Fit Trainer. Mm-hmm. And I think I had her for maybe 12 hours before somebody approached me and said, you know that she's going for like whatever it was, $500 on eBay. And I'm like, I couldn't have been further from what I was thinking about. I just knew that some were going to be more rare than others. And I probably wanted to kind of get ahead and, and complete my collection right from the get go. Yeah. wasn't even thinking about scalping or like, I, I mean, it's just not worth it to me. And I also just think this is Nintendo and who's the target audience, a bunch of kids who absolutely adore these, these characters. Yeah. And here you got people just making sure that it's absolutely impossible to get some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, I mean, I think there was a couple things there. I think Nintendo, I mean, you know, when Nintendo entered the the Amiibo into where they were in the cycle, their Wii U sales were just horrible. Yeah. Right? Like, so, I mean, you know, why would you, you're, you're taking a gamble on something which may or may not ever, you know, really grab on mm-hmm. to an already lowest install base in any console you've ever had. Yeah. So I think it originally was just like, oh, we're going to put it out there and maybe people <laughs> might like it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, right? And then, I mean, then you've got, you know, people in their, you know, early to mid 30s, just like us who've grown up with them. So all of a sudden yes. now they've gone from being uh, a desirable toy to a collectible item, right? Totally. Or a collector's item. And then and then that's when the black market comes in, right? Because those people who are collecting them mm-hmm. are the, you know, 30 to 35 year olds who are now in a spot where they have high-end disposable income totally who may or may not have children so it's like well yeah i'll spend six hundred dollars on a marth what 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 is wrong with you really i actually what did i i actually traded my marth for i want to say a pit because i think they were both pretty rare at the time and i didn't really at the time i didn't have any connection to fire emblem or anything and oh this is why i did it because um it was like a week before they had just announced uh, that they were going to reprint some more of the fire emblem characters for was it codename codename steam yeah 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 and I'm like, I thought I was super smart. I traded it. And then I don't know about you in in Lethbridge, but in Edmonton, we didn't get any of the reprints. It was really hard for me to find another Marth after that. We got, you know, and I think this is that's a good point as well. Like the major cities, right, are such are such shortages. And Lethbridge is, is such a small area, right? We're, we're yeah. just under 100,000 people for population, right? We've got, you know, I, I stay away from Walmart. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I have not shopped at Walmart for over eight years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my wife, God bless my wife. She believes that Walmart <laughs> is, like, taking over the world. That's my dad. <laughs> so I'm like, you're a little bit crazy, but I love you. So I'm going to I'm gonna tow this line with you, right? Yeah. And it's ironic because we live less than a kilometer from a Walmart. Oh, uh, God, so I mean, super it's super convenient. It, oh, it's super easy, super easy. But we got to a point where... Dr. Mario. She loves Dr. Mario. Dr. Yes. Mario is being released in Canada mm-hmm. 
but it was a Walmart exclusive mm-hmm. to start off with. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to break my code <laughs> and go to Walmart? And she's and she's not she's not going to want it because it's from Walmart. Yeah. So I had a friend in the U.S. who who in the U.S. they were a Target exclusive. Right. So I had, I had him buy me a Dr. Mario in the United States with U.S. exchange rates. <laughs> Mail it to Canada for me so that it was definitively from the U.S., from Target. So I give it to my wife. I think it cost me like $30. Oh, my God. That's dedication. I was like, this is love. All right. I'm paying almost double for goddamn Dr. Mario for me. But but here they're so so small. Like I I made a video about um, trying to get the Shovel Knight Amiibo. Yes. And I walked into the GameStop or the EB Games here locally on on a whim because – Best Buy was supposed to stock them. I walked in. They're like, we don't have them. They didn't even know what I was talking about. Uh, so walked, frustrating. Like, yeah, what do you mean? This like, is so such a big deal. This it's is like, huge. how do you not even know? I mean, like, it's, it's literally on your website. I pulled my phone. I'm like, this is your website. It says you have some. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, you're killing me here. So I walked over to EB Games. I'm just kind of whim. I'm like, they're not going to yeah. have it. Like, they're not going to because mm-hmm. that's where everyone's going to go. And I walked in and the guy behind the clerk t- or the till's like, going on i was like shovel knight amiibo and he's like oh yeah this one and you feel kind of sheepish asking about it right because you don't yeah. you you know you didn't pre-order one they're probably yeah. going to be kind of difficult to find and so you walk in going like is there any chance you guys have it and so it's nice that he had it there for yeah. i've been flat out laughed at when i so when fire emblem first came out uh like i said before i, I didn't really have like a real connection to it but i i've heard everybody talking about this and if this is the time where if you haven't been into it you should jump into like Birthright or something. So I ended up buying it digitally, but a friend of mine wanted to see if there were any the limited edition ones. He's been a, he's been a huge fan this whole time, and uh, part of the reason I actually got into this one is because I wanted to play alongside him, and so we could kind of talk about it and that yeah. kind of thing. And so I walked into the EB Games, and there's this one guy. I mean, the chances of him actually listening to this are, are slim to none. This guy's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm, I'm not even. So I'm not even asking for me. And I did the whole yeah. like, look, I, I didn't know I didn't pre-order. I'm asking for a friend. I'm just wondering, is there any chance that you have any? And he just rips into me. He goes like, well, not if you didn't pre-order, and just gives me the whole oh. like thing. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, gives you the gears. Oh, eh? totally. It was unbelievable. So I love it when you get a guy, and that's usually that's not usually the case for EB Games and GameStop. Yeah. I find that they're usually like very understanding. Like you, you might get that at. Best Buy or some of those other big box stores, but with uh, with EB Games, they they're pretty understanding, and I've definitely had a great time. A lot of the inspiration for this show is actually just the conversations I have with staff at EB Games. I'm like, oh, really? I don't, totally, because we would just like we don't really know each other. Like we've gotten yeah. to know each other over the, over a little while as they <laughs> pretty much like go through high school and college and things like yeah, that. Yeah. The old guy coming in, right? And uh, I'm like, I. Could, kind of find that i just like talking to people about this stuff so why not and i love podcasts so that's kind of how this whole this whole thing kind of came about so uh but i absolutely love i'm so glad that how this whole thing has worked out because uh i i started a, i did a show with bobby the geek guru uh or the nintendo guru a little while yeah, ago yeah uh but originally the, the artist formerly known as the geek guru. <laughs> exactly right <laughs> i love how i got thrown into the bus for that by the way oh, it's like so good. justin said i was doing a podcast so here we are i was like whoa wait a minute here you know what it, if everything turns out well you can actually it's good it'll be a good thing that you yeah. you'll you'll take full credit for it but i love how this whole thing is like there's this community of podcasters and i honestly i don't I don't know how people discover podcasts really aside from just like 
grabbing your friend and saying like, I'm listening to the show. I think you yep. should listen. And even then I find that conversion to be kind of, kind of weak. So, um, but just because of, of Bobby and then he mentioned you guys and I love, uh, it was actually all in your Twitter, to be honest, like mm. the, it's in your banner and it says, uh, Nintendo dads. It's, uh, what do you say? It's a, it's a podcast about dads who played Nintendo. It's pretty self-explanatory. I'm like, yeah. that's amazing. And the, the avatars and everything. So I'm curious about kind of the origins of Nintendo dads. Like you guys are sort of from all over the place. Yeah. So I'm curious, like how you ended up meeting Zach and Jesse. Yeah, that's, that's a really, it's, it's such a weird kind of like happenstance. So I, you know, you kind of ask like unwinding it to podcasts. Yeah. So I, I've been listening to podcasts for probably about, I would say eight to nine years, yeah. even before like podcasts were podcasts, right? I remember I used to have a old um, Palm Pilot. Yes, and the trio. Was, Did you yeah, have the trio. trio. And there I was have the same thing. <laughs> there was some Nintendo show that interested me back then, and I had to like download it to an MP3 on an SD yeah. SD card and put it in my and like it was it was horrible. Like get it off of a feed or something. <laughs> But I'm always like, I loved audio, just listening to audio. I love the story. There's a lot of just compelling, like, building relationships. I think especially stuff like Nintendo, where where you have a vested interest. You're like, oh, I think that too. Or building common communities. Sure. So probably about, oh, I'd say six years ago, I started listening to a show called The Morning Stream Mm -hmm. with Scott Johnson. And it's it's a a week, or sorry, it's a daily show. It's one of the, I think it's actually one of the best podcasts out there. Um, and it's kind of geek nerdy culture as well. Okay. Um, and I was listening to it and I came across some, I sent out some tweet about the morning stream and I was like, Oh, it's great episode of the morning stream. And all of a sudden this reply back from this guy named Zach and Zach's like, Oh yeah, I, uh, I listen to the morning stream as well. And he's Come like, on. actually I'm, I'm located in Lethbridge and I'm like, shut up. So am I. <laughs> and I think cause on my Twitter feed, it says like something about Lethbridge, right? Sure. It's my location. He's like, so am I. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And so we started kind of like, you know, Twitter politeness, yeah. follow him back. He follows me back. Yeah. And so we start kind of, you know, my, my, uh, my wife calls this what I, what she refers to as the bromance stage yeah. of me and Zach, <laughs> which is probably the bromance of you and Bobby as well. Um, so we kind of start f- watching, you following each other. And I'm kind of like going through seeing his tweets that have come through and I'm like, he seems to kind of a lot of like, like the things I do. He's, he's a young, you know, young parent. Got a couple of kids. Yeah. He's about the same age as me. It sounds. He's into video games. He's into geek culture, like movies and uh, Marvel stuff. I'm like, that's that sounds pretty Match cool. Made in <laughs> so, so we kind of we're having this Twitter conversation back and forth for a couple of days, and I kind of got to a point. I was like, this is the weirdest thing, but I'm like, I feel like I should meet him. My wife's like, so are you trying to arrange a date with this guy? I'm like, <laughs> she's I'm just, making it super weird for you. I'm like, yeah, this is this is not that's not comfortable. Yeah, so like, I was I like, I DM him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yo, it looks like you and I are interested in some of the same things. I live in Lethbridge. Do you want to just like get together? Because I think I think there's some cool things here. Yeah. And he had mentioned some podcasting and I had played around with an idea of podcasting about probably three years ago. Sure. It was a solo show about like apps, right? Something pretty simple. Yeah. So we started, we met together at Tim Hortons, like any good Canadian would, yeah. right? That's where you go to meet people. <laughs> so we meet for Tim Hortons at a well-lit noon, right? Getting some coffee and some Timmy's. <laughs> And uh, we just started having a conversation. Yeah, and it was it was there was this like first five minutes of really awkward like We're almost like a first date from the internet. But yeah, yeah maybe this dudes. is yeah. <laughs> and as we started having this conversation, it just started unwinding that there were so many things that we had in common and so many interests sure. that we shared, and we were both very passionate about Nintendo and podcasting and parenting. Yeah, 
And I, and I kind of kind of like, OK, well, this is very cool. Let's meet up in maybe a couple of weeks and talk again. We did the same thing. And we kind of came back and we said, what do you think about the idea of doing a show together? Yeah. And I'm said, I said, you know, like we don't have to come to one location. We can do it remotely. And let's talk about like what are the things that we think we want to do. And so Nintendo was one of the things that first came to the surface. And we had kind of said, yeah, we, I think it's important, but we want to do it a little bit differently. Like every sure. – Everyone feels like they cover Nintendo in some ways, but what what is our angle? What is our spin? What is our slice? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I think the slice that we look at it from specifically is as a parent. I said, because I yeah. think it lends us the ability to lean into certain conversations that other shows sometimes don't have that capacity to do. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing that, that we found very valuable was – you know, I don't I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of things in my life that I have done extensively. Yeah. Right. But I've been playing video games since I was about eight years old. I'm 35 now. So I've been playing it for over 25 years of my uh, yeah. life. I played video. So I was like, what else do I really have expertise in other than like eating, drinking, <laughs> sleeping, sleeping <laughs> maybe watching the telly. Right. But yeah, that's about Canadian it. Tim Hortons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That'd be an interesting podcast. Day. Just, just podcast. Timmy's. Oh, today they brought out the new donuts. Hey, guys, that's fantastic. <laughs> you could do like an Oreo oration version oh. of <laughs> oh, <absolutely. laughs> new new baked goods at Timmy's. Yeah. So we started. So we kind of we kind of play with that idea. And so we said, OK, well, let's do the show. Let's do it weekly. And then we're like, well, let's we've got to figure out another person to bring into this mix. And sure. you didn't want to the, do like a one on one thing or like you definitely knew that you want to do a def- couple another bring in another perspective. Yeah, we definitely wanted another voice. And I think the reason for that is if you listen to the show, Zach and I are sometimes very alike. Oh, in, yeah. In, in our kind of approach to both parenting a little bit, our ages. So there, there seem like a lot of similarities. Um, so we wanted to find a third voice that was probably contrary to where we were. Right. And I think especially as parents who is maybe older in parenting as well. We were relatively new parents. Um, you know, my daughters are, are six and eight. Um, Zach's got, oh, I'm trying to think, his are pretty close in the same age as well, right? Yeah. So he's got those those similarities were too similar. So he had worked with Jesse Waldack um, through a through VG Tribune and they had a podcast called Roundtable. Okay. He was so. How did they snag that name? I have no clue. But (laughs) I was like, and why are we still not doing that? Like the OG. (laughs) Yeah, if that exists, you need to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Um. So so we we kind of brought Jesse in, and I remember that first podcast. You know, Zach's on his side of the of the city, and Lethbridge isn't huge, but he's on his side. I'm on my side, and Mm -hmm. Skype calls in, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Justin. This is Jesse." (laughs) We're going to do a show together. And this is happening. And this is happening. And that was that was really the the kind of how it started. And we did a couple of beta episodes. Sure. Yeah. And then we just kind of to find our groove a bit. And uh, and then we just kind of stepped into it. And did it you was, kind of like right off the bat kind of have a really good chemistry? Because I think some people will find their groove a little. And yeah. there's always improvement from that very first episode. Right. But yeah. was it something like right from the start where you guys are like, this is going to be good. Because it um, has turned out really well for you guys. I mean, the show is super polished. You have a great community, which yeah. I think kind of just reflects that That sort of, I don't know if you actually have like a mission statement, but it seems clear that you are all on the same page about what Nintendo Dads is all about. Yeah, I think I think it probably took us, I would say to be, if I'm being very honest, I think it took, took us probably three or four months to begin to actually yeah. find our footing, our yeah. real voice. For a while, we talked about like, oh, well, we'll just switch the host position every single time, right? Oh, okay, so, like a punk band where you yeah, can... <laughs> yeah, and it was like... Now I play drums. I was like, I don't know if that really, like, sure, but I don't know if that that works for our show and works yeah. for the level of comfort. 
And we used to have like, we had like six segments, I think every week. And it was like, what are you playing? Old school games, new yeah. school games, parenting tips. And it was like, these are five hour episodes. Like this yeah. is not work for us. <laughs> so I think we began to kind of find our footing. And I think what, what happened, I think it wasn't probably until really February or March where I think finding that identity and what really, what really shocked us was, you know, Nintendo dads. And a lot of people are like, you guys should be called Nintendads. Yeah. And I actually think it was actually taken, to be sure. honest. I think we did some initial research of it. Um, but I actually like the idea Nintendo dads mm-hmm. separately, two words. Yep. Because it, it does appeal to two different demographics. So we can, with that title, we can lean into speaking just about Nintendo stuff. Or we can take a really sharp turn and talk about dad stuff or totally. however we want to. And that approach, and I actually think our avatars and our artwork has actually really helped us get some of the guests we've got in the in past. Yeah. Yeah. You and, guys have had some pretty, uh, pretty awesome guests too. So big yeah. deals in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, Victor Lucas from EP Daily Reviews on the Run. Yeah. And then who else have you had too? I know a couple others that you've mentioned sure. before. Sure. So yeah. So we had Victor Lucas. Um, we had um, Blake Harris, who is the author of Console Wars, um, the Sega. Oh, that's Nintendo. awesome! Yeah. And he was actually our second guest ever, yeah. and it was funny. We sent him out. We sent out, and I, and I mean, if there's a podcasting pro tip, and here's the thing I would say to anyone: just ask. Yeah. Just ask. It doesn't hurt in any way. And Twitter is such an easy connection tool yeah. that if you are polite, if you're nice, if you're respectful, you can ask. And I remember I was reading Blake's book and I was like, oh, this is really incredible. We should ask this guy if he wants to come on our podcast. And I'm yeah. like, he's going to say no, but I'm going to ask. So totally. I sent him a tweet and he came back, I think within a couple hours, he's like, yeah, I would. Absolutely. He's like, with artwork like that and a title like Nintendo <laughs> Dads, I am on. And we were like. I'm sorry. Did that just happen? I yeah, was like, yeah, totally. That that is the weirdest thing in the world. And you're being super careful, like not to jinx anything. Like yeah. let's just make sure this actually happens. That's fantastic. So as a writer, then were you surprised at kind of just his presence on your show, or like because I don't know. Like sometimes I think about a writer, and obviously they've mastered the art of the English language. Yeah. So it should be no surprise that they're usually stellar on uh, on a podcast. But did it sort of surprise you that he kind of came on and just was phenomenal and super interesting guy, very knowledgeable guy. That's a great episode. Yeah, I was I was a little bit worried at first. I was a little bit seeing what would happen. But yeah. I think what, what I've seen from Blake, and he talked about his past as being kind of working in Wall Street, right? So you have to be oh, very, yeah. very, you know, or not Wall Street. He worked on kind of major finance in New York. So he was kind of uh, a commodity salesman, as I recall. Mm-hmm. So he was very well, well speaking and selling. And because he'd done such a pitch with his book, actually, to major executives, like this is a man who can just spin it perfectly. And at times it's, it's actually, it transitions from being an interview to very conversational. Cool. Right. Which is exactly what you want. And yeah. he was caring more about like, Oh, so tell me about your podcast. And I'm like, wait a minute. Your book, <laughs> your, your book. I've got some listeners. You might want to tell them about it, but it was, it was incredible. Um, and I think that started this kind of chain. And then we started just saying like, who should we ask? Let's ask anyone. Totally. And so we, 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 we started with Victor Lucas. And I remember, I think that was, Having Victor on, I think as a Canadian, especially growing up watching EP Daily, reviews on the run, um, when we got when he finally said, like, yeah, I will come on, I think that was one where I almost I I, I had like a freak out. Yeah. Like a small celebrity <laughs> freak out. Yeah. And I even remember on the episode when he comes on, Zach does a, such a great job uh, interviewing, and, and I think we both are pretty, pretty solid at it. 
but I I was starstruck by Victor yeah. Lucas. Like I I and Zach, funny enough, he's like, yeah, I think I recognize this guy. Oh yeah, I've seen him on oh, TV. Oh, of course. And I was like, shut up, Zach. <laughs> so I was I was kind of I was you know Zach stepped in there and um and pulled the weight of it, but just fantastic. Um, so we had we had them on or he had Victor on, which was huge, and then we started kind of we just kind of said, well, let's let's go for broke. Yeah. Like who else can we ask? So I reached out to Per Schneider. The yeah, editor and co-founder of IGN. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Pear. And I and I and I kind of do a bit of a bit of research. I'm like, I know the guy's a dad. Yeah, there you right? go. Mm-hmm. So let's maybe let's see if we can talk about that angle. So I was like, hey, we do a show called Nintendo Dads. We talk about gaming and parenting. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in coming on our show? And he's like, Well, yeah, that sounds cool. So again, it's kind of that like, you know, if, if I was just like, hey, I'm just a podcast about Nintendo, you might not want to come in. But if we talk about, you know, and that episode's very focused on like kids gaming screen time the culture of gaming yeah we can focus kind of where we need to for our guests which i think is a really cool get for us yeah um and then i think the other the other kind of really cool one that we've had on there as well is andre seegers from game explain oh awesome yeah we just we just reached out to him and said like hey um do you want to come on and he was like you know i got a little bit of a tight schedule but i'll see what i can do and sure enough he came on and just talked nintendo with us who was who was the nerding out guy on that one who was freaking out to have him I on? I think probably Zach or G- Zach was probably a little bit a little bit nerding out. On oh, that. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool. But and then and then we just had you know we've had other great guests. We've had you know Rogers Base, Josh Thomas from the Bitblock. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we and then we've just created. I think to your point, you create a community of podcast fellows. Yeah. Right. Who are just who are just tremendous. Uh, you know, obviously. Uh, Bobby from the Geek Guru, uh, Marty from Reactor Radio, um, Cass Lush, uh, who else is in there? Dave um, from Character Crunch. So you begin to kind of create this like sub community as yeah. well. And, and then we've also just kind of said like, hey, if you come on our show, we go to yours, right? Like there's kind of this this cross. Like, you know, we know you're going to be joining us in, in May. For, I can't wait. For that is so on. awesome. That was so nice of you guys to oh, even no just extend that. That's so great. Um, I really love the fact that, you know, right now I know you're playing only Nintendo. And so you can actually come where I don't think I think that's actually a rare breed. I think most are probably more like me where I've got a Wii U sitting right next to my PS4, right next to my Xbox One and my Vita and my 3DS. And so like when when news happens for Nintendo, I definitely care. I want the absolute best for Nintendo. Um, But when bad news happens, I don't really take it as as harshly as maybe like somebody who is just in that ecosystem. And so I really appreciate your guys' show and your angle about that because you're not faking it. Like this is this is your entire world for you. Mm -hmm. So maybe can you talk a little bit about that? I know you you've you've dabbled in and out of PlayStation and things like that. So let's actually go right back from the beginning. Where where does your your obsession with Nintendo kind of start as a, you're a, a little Justin. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> and like, do you point it out on the shelf to go like, that's what I want? Or like, do you get as a present? Or like, how does it, how does it enter your household originally? Yeah, I, you know, I, someone asked me this not too long ago. They said like, what's your first Nintendo game you remember playing? I'm yeah. Like, I don't remember what it was. Sure. But I remember there was some draw to it. And as a child of, you know, born in the early 80s, you know, I had finally came to a point. I was like, I want my own video game console. Like my neighbors have one. My cousins have one. I want my own. So I remember, I think whoever it was, I played a Nintendo. And I had said to my mom, I want a Nintendo. This is what I really want. And she said we were uh, single, a single family mom, right? So okay. uh, it, it, just herself. 
And you yeah. and a couple of brothers or just me, just, just you. Me. Okay. So an only you? child oh, and awesome. just, just me and my mom. Yep. And, uh, and so she said, well, if that's what you want, you need to earn your money to buy. Love it. So, and she said, but you know, cause they were pretty expensive, right? They're like 150 bucks. I'm thinking Huge like money. eight years old, right? I'm like, this is, well, this will take me until I'm 20. Right. Yeah. So she said, I'll make you a deal. You, <laughs> you save up for half. I will pay the other half. Awesome. All right. Love perfect. So I remember, you know, working to do like, chores. Like, wait a minute, what does half mean? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was, yeah, we had to have an economics. I think my mom yeah. finally said like $75, how much yeah. you have to save up for. Yeah. Um, but I remember, you know, doing chores at home and going to my grandma's and I was like, Nana, do you need anything done around the house here? Right. And so she's flipping me $2. And so we're doing these chores and I'd finally saved up my $75 and we were going to Calgary for some, you know, groceries or some kind of run. And there was a Toys R Us really close to the store we were going to. And I'm like, yeah. can we go buy it? And she's like, absolutely. And I remember going and, and giving them my money. And obviously, you know, giving my, mom, my money to my mom. And she bought, she buys it and hands it to me. And I remember walking out of the store with my arms around this box, yeah. which is almost as big as I was back at this time, right? <laughs> and putting it in the back of my Nana and Papa's van and driving back. We lived in uh, Cochrane. Oh, which nice. was just a little Beautiful. bit out of Calgary yep. and, uh, and driving back, driving back. And I'm kind of like looking at the back of the box the entire time of course, as if just waiting to, to get home. Right. And that was kind of, that was my first definitive moment. Now, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of funny cause I mean, that could have been a Sega, right? Totally. And this would have been a very different story altogether and probably not the Nintendo dads podcast. Sega dads is not doing so hot. No, <laughs> it's, it's a very short term podcast. <laughs> yeah. Remember how great Sonic was? All yeah, right, I guys, we're done here. They did on on cassette tape, so I think you got to go dig that out of the archives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I remember um, just being, you know, I, I remember setting it up and just putting that cartridge in, turning it on, and that screen, that old, you know, CRT on, screen, yeah. flicks on, and yeah. just being captured by it. Were you technically like kind of like uh, capable of plugging everything in? Like, did you know how that all worked? Like the RCA cables or the coax, I guess the little adapter. My, my, my mom helped me a fair bit, like behind the telly, but like sure. when it came to like the actual box and the connection, I was like, okay, well these are color coded. I think so we're, as I recall, amazing. They were yeah. spot on. And then that was kind of, and then that was kind of it. And I remember sitting probably, you know, remember when your mom used to yell, you know, sit farther away from the television yeah. and like you were that far away. Yeah. Yeah, I said like square eyes the thing. I don't know if this is something that my parents always yelled at me. They told me this that we were going to get square eyes. Oh, really? And I don't I know what that's that. supposed to mean. Like we, they, and that's all they had to say, and it scared the crap out of us because I, I don't know if that means my, sh the, like the shape of my eyeballs are going to go square. <laughs> like I don't know. They just made up this weird disease that I was going to get yeah. if I was going to be too close to the TV. But uh, like yeah. I remember sitting so close. And I don't know if if, if your TV used to do this, but like it used to build almost like a static on the yep. front of the yeah, screen you that you could like, put your finger to it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember like being so close, I could almost feel it at my nose. Right. Like just, <laughs> um, and, and that, and that was kind of it. And that was my thing. I mean, I, my mom, my mom was a, was an RN. So she used to get up really early in the morning to go to work. Sure. Um, when, and I would take myself to school at bus stop and she would get up and I would be like, Oh, my bus doesn't show up for 30 minutes or whatever. And I would zip right in front. She's out, she's out the door. She's gone. I would sit myself in front of my Nintendo and just mm -hmm. play. For those 30 minutes. And as a kid, how old are you at this time, do you think? Probably about eight or nine. Eight or nine? Point. So yeah. you're like a master time management kid, yes. right? Yeah. Like you've got 20 minutes to start and stop this, and then you've got to go to school. I absolutely yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that was that was kind of, I mean, that was definitively my first memory of it. And I picked up, I remember we picked up um, Captain Skyhawk. Oh, wow. With it. And, and actually still have that cartridge to date still, actually. Uh, I don't know if it's that cartridge, but, uh, you know, I must have bought it at some other, you know, 
bargain shop somewhere else after mm-hmm. getting old of my old NES. But so I was just kind of really, really drawn to that. And there were some really just I mean, like some of my strongest memories. So my um, my dad, as I mentioned, didn't live with us. Um, he lived out in Ontario. OK. And, uh, you know, not to get too like Larry Kingish. But that's uh, the goal. One yeah, day. <laughs> sure. Right. Get some tissues. I got a box of tissues here in the office. Um, but he, you know, I didn't see him very much at all. And uh, he didn't kind of commit to, you know, didn't really follow up on a lot of commitments. Mm. But I remember he asked me for, I think it was either Christmas or my birthday. He said, what do you want for your birthday? Yeah. And I said, I would really like Super Mario 2. Nice. Right. And so, so he's Did like, you okay. you know how different it was at that point? Or you no, just, it I just knew sequel, it was just the, the next second one. one. Yeah. That was all I knew, right? Cool. Yeah. So, uh, okay, fair enough. I'll see what I can do. Awesome. And I think Christmas had came or my birthday had came and left and nothing showed up. And it was kind of, it is what it is. Let's move on, right? But I remember one day a package did show up. And it was in that old, like, parcel brown paper, right, mm-hmm. when you used to send parcels. And it was beat up. Like, the like oh, it looked man. like it had gone through the ringer a couple of times. And it, and it got to my house and says my name. And my mom said, yeah, of course, open it up. And I open it up. And there it is. Yeah. There was Super Mario 2 in what appeared to be the most beat up Super Mario box I'd ever Damn seen. Damn it. <laughs> but it was so like that for me has always been such an important memory. Yeah, right. Sure. This, that I don't know why, but that was something that to me was really important is that this thing did show up eventually and it yeah. showed up eventually. Whatever condition it was, it was there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Zach's probably listening to this and is kind of psychoanalyzing my statements. <laughs> to that. But um when it when it arrived, like it was just as kind of like, oh wow, this is really incredible. And as a kid, you know, of course, putting it and playing it. But even with that, the memory says, I mean, it's such a different game. Yeah. Right. It's such a different game from everything else that Mario is. And then to have those kind of memories t- associated with it were quite, you know, quite powerful. Is to a point that any virtual console I get now, I always buy Mario too. Yeah. And I never sit down and play it, but I'm always drawn to buy it. Because I always want to hold, like, have that in some connection, right? Of, like, that was this game. And I don't even, we don't have the old cartridge anymore. But, like, you know, every virtual time, I'm like, oh, yep, got Mario 2. It's so funny yeah. how, well, I want to I wanna first add, um, how are you and your dad, like, now? Like, do you, do you ever tell him about, like, that that kind of came a lot later and that yeah. it still means a lot? Like, that when it opened, when you opened it, you know, I can only imagine, as you mentioned before, there are promises that are kept in promises that are broken. Like, well, this is probably one that, that falls on the ladder and then it shows up. Yeah. Um, like how did that, did it change things or is it just I, part I of the know. whole roller coaster? It's part of the whole roller coaster. Like I yeah. have never, I've never told him how much that really meant to me and the, and sure. the conditions around and everything. Um, him and I have pretty much still a pretty strained relationship at yeah. times just from distance and, and that. But, um, you know, it, it was just one of those kind of memories that really, stood to me and probably will, you know, I, I know he probably won't listen to this, but, um, but it, it was, it was quite, it was quite uh, profound. The well, the way you tell the story, like I can, I can actually visualize, you know, the, the, the parcel and then unwrapping it. And there it is the blue, like it's so vibrant and I, like just the visuals is excellent. And uh, I was going to say, I think it's interesting with Mario too. I don't know if you ever watched the super Mario brothers, super show, like it's mm-hmm. it, that that cartoon was really Mario too. Like yep. like a lot of the sound effects are from there, and a lot of the art style and music. It was all Super Mario two, but what a bastardized version of <laughs> of the original game. You know, yeah. it's just strange how different things kind of happen. The fact that a lot of us, if you didn't have a Nintendo growing up, and but you knew that Super Mario was part of the zeitgeist, and this is on television, you think this is Super Mario, but it couldn't have been really further from the truth. So, super interesting. 
And I always think it's interesting because Super Mario 2 actually began to, you know, whether people recognize, I mean, everyone, everyone always praises Super Mario 3 as laying kind of the groundwork for all the Mario series going forward. Mm-hmm. But really, circling back to Super Mario 2, that's where we were introduced to some key essentials that we weren't introduced to before. Right. So Luigi's higher jump. Yep. That's the first time we see that. Yep. And that's become a staple now for the entire series. Um, Peach's kind of, or Princess Peach's kind of float, right? Mm-hmm. That became a staple. Right. So it's some of those kind of um, characteristics, you know, we always we always like I said, we always kind of praise Super Mario three for defining the the basically series going forward. But there's a lot of important history to the Super Mario characters totally. that was actually created in number two. And well, is, they didn't go back to that for a number of years because obviously yep. you could play as Luigi in Super Mario three and Super Mario yep. World. But he played exactly like mm-hmm. Mario did. But I. I guess it probably wasn't until the new Super Mario Brothers. I get that's probably so. the first time that you could play as those characters once again yep. as like the ensemble. So that's really that's a really interesting point that that kind of laid the groundwork that we would go back to later yep. and kind of this yeah you know it was almost by accident the fact mm-hmm. that Super Mario Brothers two kind of happened that way. Yeah. Um, so you're you're an only child living with yep. your mom. Um, what were your like friends like? Were you kind of like the only one on the block kind of with it? Well, you mentioned a few of your friends had Nintendo. So like, yeah. were, were you guys obsessing about it on the playground and like sharing secrets and talking about rumors that totally didn't exist back then? I remember a friend of mine, uh, he would, he was just, just lying all the time. He would tell us that he had three super Nintendos up in his garage or somewhere. Yeah. And just, you'd hear just, Oh, what was the other thing too? You'd hear a lot about if you, if you beat a level in super Mario, a certain way, instead of being locked into the animation after you hit the flag, you could like jump over the pipes yep. or things like that. You'd always hear these w- mm-hmm. weird different things. So I'm curious about like some of the weird things you might've heard from your friends or like, were you guys around the playground talking about Nintendo yeah. and stuff? Yeah. I think I, I, you know, kind of um, circled around friends who had similar interests and Nintendo was definitely one of them. And there was those kind of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There, I remember distinctly like that you can jump over the flagpole. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't think you can. And you would always try as hard. And you're like, I almost had it that time. Yeah, totally. Right? And there's some, and there's some kid who's completely lying. He's like, I totally did it. Right. Um, Who is that kid? God. I don't know. He's just the worst though. He's just, <laughs> um, but like, but I, I, I remember, you know, I, I had a subscription Nintendo power, right? Love so it. that yep. would arrive too. And I, and I bring it to school and be like, Oh, let's look at these maps together. And oh my gosh, this is so cool. Right. <laughs> uh, so, and, or, or you'd have people who are like trading like, Oh, this is the code for Mega Man three. Oh yeah. These are the codes you need to use. Right. Yeah. Did you have like a notebook or anything? I remember like writing those so you you would die or whatever. You yep. get the little passwords. It's like grid. So were you writing things down too? I, I tried to as much as I could. Yeah. I used to actually write them in the instruction manuals. Yes. Like if they, if they had the spots to it. Like I think I think Mega Man was pretty good for having those instructions. Yeah, right? little notes in the back. Yeah, and I and I try and put that stuff there, and then all of a sudden you can't find the booklet or it's gone lost. I always kept it. I always tried to keep everything like very together, right? So there's the black sleeve, the cartridge, the the mm-hmm. instruction manual in the box put away like i was kind of very ocd in that kind of, of way of course that's so, what i'm finding a yep. lot with a lot of these these guys that i've been talking to over the last little while is ocd does kind of come up quite a bit and a lot of people like to keep very very organized i guess a part of that comes from getting a, a monthly magazine with mm-hmm. nintendo power so yeah. how long through nintendo power were, were they arriving at your house i <laughs> <laughs> i think i was keeping the canada post employed for yeah several there you years. go <laughs> i think it i i remember i still remember getting it all the way up into the n64 era oh wow that's yeah, awesome and i like i remember still getting the the inserts of you used to be able to get like uh they had a i guess it was before i mean before you basically do online shopping 
Mm-hmm. But you, there was a, a page in there that if you wanted a Donkey Kong soundtrack or the Killer Instinct Killer soundtrack, Instinct or soundtrack or whatever, yep. you could cuts. check these boxes, <laughs> write a check and mail it off, and it'd be back to you in six to eight weeks. <laughs> unacceptable i know but i was like oh this is a great idea yeah yeah i'll totally trust you know the mail carrier and then for them to process my check and yeah two months later are you kidding me yeah (laughs) so like i i think i I kept mine for quite a while and actually even when i came you know i came back to nintendo back when i was probably about um eh, probably mid early to mid 20s yeah i went to a point like we have a superstore not far from here and i was like oh I'm oh they got Nintendo power here yoink grabbing yeah. that right number twenty five like almost like shamefully walking up to the clerk like it was a Playboy totally right? like eh, it was my bread my bananas and my Nintendo and power. my Nintendo yeah <laughs> right like, <laughs> like I didn't come here just for the Nintendo yeah, power ex- like yeah exactly the kid who has like yeah. other things other than the box of condoms <laughs> yeah exactly I was like oh my god uh, well I remember I picked up the very last subscription of Nintendo power. Um, and my wife was like, you don't like, like, why are you, I was like, because like, this is a really important magazine. Like this is the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but it was because again, that was such a thing that I grew up with. Right. Cause as a kid, you don't get mail, right? right. Like you <laughs> you're always your jealous day. of your parents. They get tons of mail. People are writing them stuff. Yeah. Could be pen pals. Who knows? It's just bills, but right. you get, you get your birthday, you know, presents, maybe your birthday cards. Yeah. That's about it. And then Nintendo power. Right. So I was like. So when they would show up and they'd occasionally have, you know, either maps in it or posters, I was like, oh, yep, yep, on the wall, four tic-tac holes in the wall because mm-hmm. I'm putting up my poster of Super Metroid. Oh, right? I love so, it. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was very much. But we, yeah, I mean, all the all the kids kind of that I grew up with all had Nintendos. And yeah. It wasn't uncommon to be like, oh, let's head over to your place and play tonight. Or, oh, you got Double Drag and let's do that. And, hey, I've got, you know, Ninja Turtles. Do you want to swap for DuckTales? Yeah. And so were so you very... trading a lot then? Like, was that a thing you guys did? I, I was. I tried, that terrifies you know, me. I tried to. Like, <laughs> okay. I was kind of the, always the brokerage. I was like, you know what? I've got, you know, <laughs> Captain Skyhawk. You've got. You know, I think it's a second run of Super Mario 3. I mean, this is a pretty straightforward <laughs> transaction. Yeah, just devaluing like, yeah. taking them down. And I used to always remember, I'd, I'd kind of like, I'd kind of make the recommendation person like, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. Let me go talk to my mom. And they'd walk away, talk to their mom, and they'd come back like, my mom doesn't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And I was like, that's fair. That's fair here, right? It's so. a precursor to when you become an adult and you realize you don't have to sell your buddies on an idea. You also have to sell their wives on things. Yes, <laughs> that's, that was exactly <laughs> it. But I mean, I remember used to, you know, I mean, back when this, when the um, N64 was out, it wasn't uncommon to be like, hey, my folks are gone, right? Where most teenagers would be like, oh, my folks are gone. Come on over for a party. We're going to break into my dad's beer and get all drunk. And I was like, do you guys each want to pitch in 25 bucks? We'll get some pizza, some um, orange crush, and some Doritos. That like, sounds amazing to me. And just like, like right golden now. Eye and, and pilot wings all <laughs> yes. night. Right? And that was literally like, I cannot tell you how many nights that, that happened. And or, oh, it's Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. And that was... Because, I mean, the moment you got to play four players, mind blown. You didn't even care that it was seven frames yeah. per second. <laughs> it, was, even... it was the greatest thing in the world. So that was... I mean, I think... Nintendo has always kind of played that that key through my life of, you know, always wanting the newest system and just being drawn to the characters. Like, I, I think that there's I think one of the things that I always found great about Nintendo, I still do, especially now as a parent, is there's there's a simplicity in it, but there's a complexity as well. Yep. Right. So, you know, you can you can push down something even like, um, you know, Zelda. It's a pretty simple 
your objective is simple, but the depth in the story that's told there is is quite is quite moving, right? Yeah, totally. Um, then you have games that are just simple, simple fun. Donkey Kong Country, right? Like, there's not a story; it's not a huge arc, right? <laughs> other than go get large bananas. I mean, he lost all his bananas, so know, that's right? kind like, of a big thing. Like that's that's like Oscar Wilde performance there, right? <laughs> um, but then to just kind of that that. Those things, I think, is what draws me to Nintendo. But what's really drawn me is the very simple idea. And, and Reggie said it best two years ago at an E3. He said, what Nintendo is really good at is making games fun. Yeah. And I think that's what you see throughout throughout the games and throughout the console is it's about fun. Yeah. Especially Nintendo's games specifically. I think when you bring in third parties, sometimes it's about, you know, frame rates and graphics. But Nintendo's focus has always been been are you having fun as a gamer yeah and i think that's that's important and i think that somewhere in hd and high res and 60 frames a second i think those other gaming consoles loses lose that lose that focus right that's what that's what drew me to you know what drew me to Mario wasn't the amazing graphics of Mario. Well, you don't, you can't put a number on it, right? And so that's a lot of a lot of it for people is comparing numbers and stats and specs and things like that. And you can't quantify mm-hmm. the fun that you're having with Super Mario. So I'm interested in your thoughts on this too, just as a guy who's only been playing Mario, but you're obviously kind of aware of just how people talk about the industry as a whole. Like, do you think that Nintendo is held to a different standard in terms of the games that they put out, or even? I, for me, and while you think about this, because I don't want to always put you on the spot, for sure, me, sure. I was always, you know, again, as the guy who has every console, I'm not really, a, like, loyal specifically to any one of them. But I always thought that the Wii U, when it launched, uh, people were quite unfair to it because of um, the launch lineup. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't more than, you know, whatever it was, 12, 13, 14 months later that PlayStation and, and Xbox come out and super weak launch lineups probably even worse and it just seemed like like the wii u was held to a crazy standard and it didn't live up to that standard and then people just continue like once people started piling on it was just endless and then a year later we're we're becoming pretty apologistic about playstation 4 and the xbox one going well these are launch titles this is kind of what we expect this mm-hmm. is like rise this isn't that great but who cares it's a launch title and knack isn't the best game but who cares it's a launch title meanwhile like we had I had so much fun. I had my Wii U right from the day right from day one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for the gamepad to revolutionize anything. It, for me, it was a nice to have. I was never looking for Nintendo like justify why this thing exists. Yeah. And so I'm curious as a guy who is like exclusively locked to Nintendo at, at least at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about? It? it does seem like there's a double standard, or is it just me? Well, I no, I I, I would agree with you. Like, I think I think when we look at the long game. Right, and a Nintendo is held in a very different standard than I think mo- either Sony or or Microsoft, and I think both in a fair way, and I think in both mm. an un- unjust and unfair way. Right, if you think about it, the long the long game of Nintendo is this is a company who's been around since the eighties. Yeah, right. As as a, vi- as a that video we, game, as yeah. a video game company, right? Yeah. And actually, you know. I mean, you know, truth be told, they basically saved the video game industry after the Atari crash in the early 80s, uh-huh. right? Like, they kind of brought it back, and Nintendo was very diligent in their quality standards. The, they used to have the Nintendo quality seal on the bottom corner. Uh-huh. They would only publish out so many games. Um, they were very, they were very um, surgical and instrumental in how they did their job to revitalize the industry. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Sega comes in in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, kind of starts trying to be a little bit of a wrecking ball, causes some, some ha- havoc. Nintendo survives, right? But I think because of that long tooth of Nintendo, right, over 25 years, 30 years of experience, we've all grown up with them. Our standard is that we expect better from them. Yeah, because they're a mature company, because they're older and they have a longer track record. Like we've gone through Nintendo, SNES, 64, GameCube. We 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 are on the seventh. We'll be coming on seventh or eighth home console. Yeah. In this company's life. Right. You look at the PlayStation. They're only on four. Is it the PlayStation four now? Right. Yeah. PlayStation four. Right. Like yeah, they're just handles. they're just there. And I think when you look at that. <sighs> Sony and Microsoft are very much the adolescents or the young teenagers in a game where you are seeing a, you are seeing a very matured yeah. company, right? And I think you know this is where you know it's it's this is kind of why I laugh about Sony and and, and uh, Microsoft and Sony. And by the way, if you're angry at me for this, anyone who's listening to this, you can send your tweets to at Mass and Twenty Three. There it is, yeah. <laughs> but I truly like I sometimes feel like like Xbox and Place or Sony are kind of like these two strutting around teenage boys mm. who's like, no, mine's bigger than yours. Yeah. Right. Totally. And I kind of feel like that's what it is. And and in the end, Nintendo stepping back and saying, Boys, it's just all about the fun. Like if you can have some fun with it, you're grand, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that's what our expectations are of Nintendo overall. I also think the problem is is you, me, all these individuals who are at this this point, we've grown up with Nintendo. Yeah. So these are childhood memories that now this this company that did so well for us as a child is failing us. Yeah. So we are happy to point the blame at a fallen person. I so I think that's part of it. Now I will also very much agree that I think Nintendo has made some misses. Sure. Um, in, in the last, I think they had great success with the Wii. Aiming for the casual market, they made bank on it, but I think what happened was they became very comfortable in their laurels, and they didn't really push the boundaries, didn't really try and challenge consumers. Or was it just they missed? They I think they were pushing boundaries, but the wrong ones. Like maybe they were just misreading sort of the market. Sure. I mean the fact that the Wii was, it came out at a time when HD was kind of just coming out, but they just kind of said. You don't need it. It's not. Yeah. This is not where things are going. Um, and then similarly with the Wii U, just missed the boat. I think on network, on online yeah. play, and so just a couple of a couple of misses there. What would you have? I, I'm gathering that um, you're sort of getting at maybe they shouldn't have named the Wii U the Wii U. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I do think branding was a challenge for yeah. them. But I, I mean, I think that the other the other point of it, and I can't blame a marketing individual, right? When the Wii was such a like, I mean that the campaign of the Wii would like to play, right? Like, yeah, like my my in laws have a Wii. They don't play video games, but there was something in that marketing that they did that drew you in. Mm-hmm. The simplicity of tennis or or bowling. I mean, first and foremost, that was revolutionary. Yeah. And we saw both companies try and like catch Nintendo for it, right? Whether it's the Connect or whether it's the Move, I think is what what the yeah. Sony's version of it is. Um. But I think from a marketing perspective, you've done fantastic on that. Well, we've built an audience with Wii, so let's just Keep add going. another letter to it and see what happens, right? But I do think they had a miss. I don't know if I would have called it the Wii U, mm-hmm. um, but, but I think you needed to find a way to position it better. I think that was a little bit of the miss. Um, I, think that was, I think that was a challenge for sure for them. I also think probably the games were... Near the end of the life cycle of the Wii, it was a lot of shovelware. 
Sure. Unfortunately. Right. And I think that that became a bit of a challenge as well. And I also don't think, I mean, in all honesty, I think Nintendo assumed that their third party lineups would be able to support the Wii U in a strong capacity. Their launch title window, not, not (laughs) great, but wasn't horrible, but they were really reliant on third parties and they didn't have that third party support as it fell off. They burned relationships you know, you, you know, Assassin's Creed 3 comes out. Assassin's Creed 3 has already been on the Xbox for six months or nine months. Yeah. Batman already six to nine months. So, the, so they're like, oh, we're available. Yeah, so well, when they signed the deal, it seemed like a really good idea, yeah. but by the time it actually comes out. So what keeps you sort of locked in with Nintendo at this point? Because I think we're all, um, we've all recognized that the Wii U is probably in this last year. It's not official, right. but I think we're sort of already assuming that the NX is coming this year. So like, what keeps you locked in? Is it the optimism sort of surrounding um, the NX, I am just sensing just a crazy amount of optimism, positivity, where we didn't have that with the Wii U before it came out. And so it, it seems like Nintendo is just letting everybody go absolutely crazy with these rumors, yeah. and they're just going to kind of ride this wave of, I think people are rooting for Nintendo at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think kind of what locks me in is, is a couple of things. I think I think first, the probably the longevity of just the, the, the company and my attachment to it. But then I think to tie that in, also being a father now. Sure. Right? And, and wanting to play video games with my children. I have memories associated with it, whether it's Mario 2, Donkey Kong Country, whatever it is. So I want to share those memories. Like sitting down with my kids and be like, let's play the original Mario together. Yeah. This is incredible, right? There's There's a tie there. But I also think when I compare... Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo as a, as a video game console in my household. We only kind of have like one primary video game area. Mm-hmm. Same where uh, everyone sits and watches the TV. What do I feel comfortable playing in front of my children? And what will I feel engaged with as my children come into the room? Right. And that's Nintendo, right? Like it's, it's an easy family friendly. The colors are great. So I think for me, it's a family outing, I think. So that's one of them. You won't see me being like, oh, well, I picked up a... Uh, you know, Assassin's Creed and uh, some Call of Duty. You want to sit down and play some Call of Duty? <laughs> and spit together? it as a history lesson for the yeah. kids, right? <laughs> so I think I think that's what what tie, ties me in there. But I think for as a Nintendo fan, kind of in, in your point of looking at the edge of the NX, what kind of gets me going? There is this, and I think had you asked me six months ago, my answer would have been very different. Okay. But there, I think, is an edge of hope right now with the NX. Mm-hmm. And there's an edge of hope now that Nintendo, I think we are actually about to see a very new Nintendo yeah. come out. And I think something that we that we as, fa- as fans have been asking for, but haven't really got, I mean, they've always been conservative, but I think we're starting to see... Um, a, a Nintendo that is kind of shaking themselves off and realizing they need to do better. Yeah. And I think that's what's getting me a little bit excited. And I think even just what we saw out of the, the My Nintendo Rewards account and the Mitomo, I think those are some huge steps for a company mm-hmm. that's, that's typically very conservative. And as I was saying on some of my other shows, I, 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 it, it all seemed too easy, which yeah. is very counterintuitive to what Nintendo does for online especially yeah I recently uh, just on Friday I bought bravely second and it took yep. me like 20 seconds even using a a, a card that I bought from EB games what is yep. the, the little gift cards like it was just I was done by the time I was finished going to the bathroom <laughs> yeah, and that's and this it's so ridiculous I was I was out um, on Saturday I was out and I thought I'm gonna try like I'm not in my house I'm out on a cell phone I'm out in the middle of kind of a restaurant I'm like I know I have money on my card it's yeah. or it's on my account. I'm gonna buy Super Metroid. So I went through the online checkout on my phone, checked it. Simple. Yeah. Done. 
and then and I got home and I'm like, it's not going to be there. And I open it up, there it is. And I was like, amazing. I'm like, how did this just happen? Yeah. But I think those things get you get me excited, and I do think that there is this energy. I think what Nintendo has to do, and I think you talked about this a little bit. The rumors are, are the rumor mill is is swirling, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's it, there can be positive rumors. And there can be very negative rumors, right? Because what Nintendo isn't doing is stepping out and saying, like, you know, well, I, I've never expected them like, to validate Like, ignore those rumors. controllers. Those controllers are fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't ever do expect that. them to validate rumors. But I think what's happening is that if, if, if you and I begin to create expectations based on rumors, based on YouTube clips, based on NeoGaf um, feeds or tweets, we begin to create something that if it does not exist, we will be incredibly disappointed as fans yeah. and then be in, in a worse spot. And I think... Sure. So I think Nintendo is on the right path. I'm very excited to see what they do. Um, but I do think they need to communicate sooner than not, or else they are going to be in a lot of trouble um, when it comes to the actual reveal. Totally. So we'll let you out on this. When do you think we... So a couple of things. When do you think we find out the release date for it? What is that release date? And I'm not going to ask for you to try and name the NX, because that's, that's impossible. Nobody can do it. But... Do you think that it's more of an Americanized sort of word, or are we still on the Amiibo Mitomo mm. Wii kind of kick? Is it still is it going to be a Japanese word that sounds cool? Well, that's a really good question. So I think so. Here's what we're going to hear: I, end of April, Nintendo has its um, financial debrief. Mm-hmm. So they will have some statement about NX, and it will be you know we expect to have an NX release in 2017 or 2016. They'll provide some very investor-heavy answer to NX. Yeah, and everybody will dig at it. Internet will dig at it, and we'll be like, nothing will actually tell us what we want. Yeah. We will... So I think we'll we'll hear something there. So I think there's one of two options either going to happen. Either we are going to get a direct early May um, that is focused on maybe some games that are coming, and and, and very Steve Jobs-esque. They're going to say, oh, and by the way, there's one more thing. And they show quick screenshots or quick, quick things about the NX in like a 30 second montage. Yeah. And then it just says like coming E3 2016. Like that gives me chills even just thinking about that. I, so, I agree. I'm I'm right with you. I think they're going to do a little teaser before E3 that E3 yeah. will not be the first time we hear something about the nx and i mean they they know the the internet has been on edge about it because i mean even their last direct they when they posted they said we will not be talking about nx or mobile in this direct yeah so it's like okay you're setting my expectations okay that's good i appreciate that but i think once we roll into e3 um i think that's where we will see its actual first either like actual like here it is here it is visually the box yeah this is the box is controller here's what it does and we begin to get a breakdown of like yeah so Here's how the software works. Here's how it is. The games are only a cartridge, and here's how it transports, and, mm. and here's all this information that you need. The interesting part that everyone's questioning is whether it will be a, a stage show or whether it will be an actual polished direct, yeah. which they've done the last couple of years, right? They, they've done a very great uh, – well, why don't you say great, but a good job with their messaging. Mm-hmm. I think their directs are quite uh, entertaining. Um, whether they're going to do that or an actual stage show. Stage shows can leave errors, yeah. right? Can leave, oh, the network didn't connect properly. And we've seen that in the case before. Nintendo's in a bit of a vulnerable position, but also in a position they need to strike that they need to make sure they don't have any network issues that the game connects properly. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see when E3 schedules were announced, if they say stage show, that'll be very interesting to see how mm-hmm. Nintendo comes back to that. Because again, I think their directs are they're such a good polished controlled message that I think that's that's pretty incredible. And I think what you will see is the NX will be on the floor. A couple demo units will be on the floor oh. so we'll get their hands on. So so I think that's very that's interesting. Very, yeah. Now the other rumor kind of that we're hearing swirl around that is that we've heard that Nintendo has had uh, the NX in production for yeah. quite a while mm-hmm. and that they actually might release it weeks after E3. Oh my god, can you imagine? So are you are you on board with that prediction? I'm I would love to see, So here's the issue I have. So here so I'm going <laughs> to take two question. trains of thought here. Yeah. If Nintendo releases the NX in 2016, the most logical spot for them to release it on the ha- on the calendar is the Thursday before Black Friday. This is when Nintendo drops all of their large hitting games, right? Mm-hmm. This is when your big ticket, this one Smash is dropped. This is when Zelda Wii U was supposed to be dropped. Mm-hmm. That's the prime time drop window. However, if they do that, and the rumors, or at least the rumor mill is currently, that is also the exact same time that Zelda Wii U is going to drop. Mm-hmm. So do you drop a brand new console on the same day that you drop probably the largest game in your series of the past console that you've been on delay for. Yeah. So one of two things is going to happen. I think someone has to blink because I don't think it logically makes sense for them to do both (laughs) on that day. Would I love to see the NX like available July 23rd? That would be absolutely incredible and would be completely away from whatever Nintendo has ever done. Very specific also, but, um, to your point about Zelda, though, that's what they did with um, Twilight Princess is yep. they launched day and date with with uh, with the Wii. So it wouldn't be totally out there. But nope. um, I agree. so also what does uh, what is PSVR and some of these other things, some of these other rumors of uh, of new consoles coming out? How does Nintendo kind of play around with that? <sighs> yeah, like that's, that kind of adds to the whole yeah, spring, it- maybe. And that was, that was a good question. I think, you know, Bobby kind of raised that as well as on one of our shows. He said, you know, like, do they compete? And I don't think they do. Sure. Like, I think Nintendo has to, you know, Nintendo's always, I'd love to think that Nintendo pays attention to what Xbox and Sony does. I don't really think they do. Mm. Like, I think they know they exist. But we've even, <laughs> we've even heard of, like, conversations where someone was like, oh, well, what do you think of, you know, Xbox Live? Do you guys think you'll ever have that? And someone's like, in an interview, is like, so, so, sorry, what's Xbox Live? Yeah, I heard that You're too. like, oh, please oh, tell me you're on. not asking that. Yeah, it explains everything in a, in a sentence. It explains an entire, yeah, the whole situation. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I'd love to say that they're probably paying attention. I don't think they, I don't think they do. And I think that, yeah. uh, I, I think, if you're a Nintendo fan, you've probably already got your money flagged for it, right? And if you're a Sony fan, you've already got your, your, your money flagged for it as well. I think it's interesting Sony's play at basically being like a Sony 4.5. Yeah. Right? Like they're not willing to commit to being the new Sony, which makes sense, right? Like they haven't had that cycle out long enough. But I think as a consumer, that's that's painful. Yeah. Right? Like if you just bought a, a PlayStation in the last couple of months, man, that's got to hurt to be like, by the way, might be getting a new one. See, and that's the thing. Like I don't – I haven't had a chance really to talk about this part too much though. I, like I don't know that I'm super offended if that's what they – if that's what Sony does. Like – I will probably end up, but I get it. I get if like people just got a PlayStation four and then this is next thing is coming out. Like I can understand that you might be a little upset by that, but I don't, I just don't take 
it too personally. Like I don't feel like they're doing it to insult me or to take me for granted. It's just this is a company who's trying to kind of just do better and to push the boundaries and this is their version of that. So I don't take it as a personal attack on my dollar and the fact that yeah. they're not, you know, uh appreciating my loyalty to them. It, that is just that's so not me with that. Uh but at the same time, I do recognize it as maybe an opportunity, maybe a it'll be a, like a chink of the armor mm-hmm. for Nintendo to come in like so this is this is Sony and Microsoft. We haven't heard what they're going to do. There's been yeah. rumblings about maybe some modular stuff or maybe a, a 1.5, quote unquote. But we don't know. Um, like, what if people don't, like, if people will actually act on this reaction, that mm-hmm. they're actually genuinely upset and offended by this move by Sony, this could be a perfect time for Nintendo to say, hey, guys, look, we know it. Well, I guess it's coming off the off the Wii U, which didn't really have the longest lifetime. But we understand why. It's not like they're taking advantage of what is it, thirty six million people who who just yeah. bought and proved their loyalty to uh, to Sony, yep. and they're going to go ahead and launch a new console. Nintendo comes out and says, "Look, guys, we've been here since the very beginning, and you can trust us. We're not gonna we're not gonna do this whole modular thing. It's kind of the way that Sony took advantage of." Uh, Microsoft's bit of a, a bumble with some of the things that they were trying to put forward that weren't entirely consumer friendly. So, I mean, perception is everything. The way that people are reacting to this, I think, is actually very important. And mm. I'm very, I think this is as interesting, if not more interesting, than the games that we actually play. Is watching these these companies jockey for position, yep. and jockey for being the cool kid on the playground. Well, I think, you know, to kind of build on that statement about the, you know, if you're a PlayStation fan and maybe you feel like you've been kind of, you know, hard done by. Yeah. The other interesting thing that we're hearing rumor of is that Nintendo has, you know, Nintendo for the Wii U knew that they did not do well by their third parties. Yeah. So they're actively kind of recampaigning for them. Mm-hmm. And the words that we're hearing from kind of rumors on threads and stuff is that the Wii U is more powerful than the, than the PlayStation 4. And that it's very easy for developers to port their games over. Yeah, which is un which is unlike what they did for the Wii U, which was completely horrible to port over. They said it's incredibly easy to port over. So if you can say, "Hey, by the way, you could get," let me use an example, Call of Duty Six on the PS4, or you can get Call of Duty Six on the Wii U, day and date, the exact same thing. Your call. What do you want to do? Yeah. Right. Like I think I think by, by by bringing over those third parties, I think that will help. That will help gamers to make that selection. Mm-hmm. Right. By the way, we've got these third party games that you really enjoy playing, and of course, every every system has one or two exclusives. Now, we've actually also heard rumor recently that Final Fantasy 15 will be coming to the NX. Yeah. So it's That's you know huge. It's primarily for the Sony to start off. They've got a mm-hmm. they've got a lead window, right? Because everything nowadays has been exclusivity window deals, basically, yep. right? So they have an exclusivity for a certain amount of time, and then they will be bringing Final Fantasy 15 to the NX, right? That's a pretty massive, um, massive deal. So I think when you see things like that, it begins to kind of pull audiences away. Yeah. Um, and and then you're like, oh, and by the way, have you met Mario? He's a plumber. He's got a mustache. You may or may not be familiar with him. Yeah. Come on and over. He's, he's got still some, here. He's still here. He's yeah, got some totally. gray hairs, but he's still here. Can you imagine? They have like a, a Dark Knight Returns version of Super Mario. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like, oh, my God. I got to go after Bowser, I guess. This thing again? <laughs> I thought you guys were building your own levels. Why am I here? 
just go off on this accent. Okay, well, we could go on and on, I think, about yeah. uh, what Nintendo has in store. Why don't, we, why don't we close out with just letting everybody know where they can, where they can find you, uh, where they can mail all their, their love sure. letters. Sure, their, their angry stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you, don't wanna, if you don't want to follow me directly, it's uh, at Masson23, M-A-S-S-O-N and the 23. But you can find all of our Nintendo Dad stuff um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's all Nintendo Dads. Um, and if you want to email us directly, you can go to nintendodads at gmail.com. You can search for us on all your kind of major podcast feeds. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and once Google Play gets up and moving, that's a thing we're on as well. And you can find us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's getting pretty ridiculous. Um, you can find us on YouTube as well. We have a YouTube channel. And that's kind of that's kind of where we are. But we, again, we're, um, we're a show about Nintendo from Dad's perspective, and we bring on awesome guests. And like we said, Sean, you're joining us in a couple of weeks. We're super excited for that as well, and we just uh, we enjoy being here. I can't wait, and I will. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you and all the listeners too about your guys' Patreon too. You mm, guys have a tremendous you, yeah. support supporter base through your Patreon, and uh, full commendation to you guys. You're doing a great show, and you deserve all the support and success you guys been getting. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on the show. No worries. We'll have you soon, though. I promise. <laughs> awesome. Just like that, we're at the end. I hope you guys had a good time listening to that. I had a great time talking to Justin. I'm, I cannot wait to be a part of their show over at Nintendo Dads. Thank you, Justin, for taking the time. That was so awesome. Man, I, he's just one of those dudes. He was talking about, at first, <laughs> meeting a guy on the internet and then meeting him at a Tim Hortons. And uh, I could totally see that. <laughs> I could totally see myself just... Going to hang out over a double double and just talking video games. That sounds amazing. Well, that's really what this is. I always have a coffee at the side because it really is just uh, talking about video games. Just have sitting down for a coffee. I hope you guys should have a coffee when you listen to this. That's pretty much my favorite thing. Oh man, what a great chat! Thank you guys for listening. And it's shout out time. Shout out to Steve Tilly, Noah Todd, Kaylee Woomer, Zyger, Josh and James from Life Gaming Podcast, Arctic Sloth from the PlayStation Report. Ray, Lee, and Rebecca from the Nerd Overdrive. I will see you soon. Bobby, Alan, Toby, and Holly from the GeekCats. Brock from BrockDMcLaughlin.com. And my boy, Seamus. I hope you're not getting too tired of this, man. I will give you some love every week, Seamus. You're, you're the first one to do this. How could I ever forget? And you guys shouldn't forget that you can check out Justin on Nintendo Dads, the podcast. And on Twitter, they're Nintendo Dads, at Nintendo Dads. Or uh, Justin is Masson23, M-A-S-S-O-N-23. Go find them on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dads. What else? VGTribune.com is the website. Patreon, go find them on Patreon and support them over there. They've got a really good community. And what else? Not much else. Guys, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And if you like what's happening on this podcast, I would really appreciate a nice five-star review. You can hit subscribe, tell a friend, grab an old lady at the at the grocery store, tell her to listen to We The Gamer Cast. Everything that you do, I really appreciate more than you know, even if I am a little shy about some of the nice things that you say. Be sure to check out We The Nerdy this week, too. We've got some really good things going on there. Um, you might know that the Xbox 360 halted production last week, so we went ahead and compiled our top 25 Xbox 360 games. Um, there's a bit of a process, so find out how we did that. 
there's about seven writers from We The Nerdy. We all listed our, our top ten games, and then we did a little math. So, the list is interesting. <laughs> but go find out more about that at WeTheNerdy.com. I was proud to be part of putting that that whole piece together, so give that a read. And then on Tuesday, of course, I mentioned before, my Severed review for the Vita game, Severed. Guys, I forgot to mention, that is by Drinkbox. That's the studio who made Guacamelee. Uh, really, really great studio. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really trying not to break embargo here. Um, but please read my review. Hopefully soon I'll have a Ratchet and Clank review up soon and, and possibly Star Fox, as I mentioned. Um, but other than that, this is episode 26 of We The GamerCast. It's now in your ears. Thank you again for listening. I will be back next week, and I hope you are too. And it's time for Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!